Hi there and welcome along to another workout for you to row along to. I had a decision to make today. Do I shave or do I make a row along? I went for the roll along. <laughs> anyway, what we're doing today is we're going to do two 20-minute intervals with two minutes rest in between. Now, those 20-minute intervals are going to be at 24 strokes per minute and at 2K plus 12 pace. So as far as the people that are training for the 10K plan, this will be a great workout just as we get to the end of week seven. Next week is taper week ready for your 10K. So this is really, it's going to be like that 40 minutes worth of rowing, slightly slower than your 10K pace, but because your stroke rate is going to be slightly slower than you'll probably be doing your 10k at it's all going to come out in the wash and then that two minute rest in between is then going to give you a chance to recover have a quick drink before you get into the next one again so this is what I then put within the mid tier intensity okay so on my intensity pyramid thing you get bottom tier which is your low rate kind of fitness building workouts you get your mid tier which is your tempo rows which is what today is and then you get your top tier which is the breathing out your eyes absolute sprint ones okay so this is a good hard row okay it's not a fitness building it's a hard row you'll have to push to get through it but hey hand gestures <laughs> you have to push to get through it um but um you will get through it, okay you just have to hold on to the end but it shouldn't really push you to the max okay so it should be an okay row for you is all, all i'm saying but just it's one that you got put a bit of oomph into okay so as such we're going to get into our four minute warm-up because i'm just waffling away at you um start off by setting up your machine go to your drag factor first on the concept two that's the little lever on the side depending on what machine you're using it may be something different you might not even have it as drag factor in which case just set the resistance so that you get a nice weight from the stroke but you don't have to heave with your back in order to get the thing moving next up go to your monitor and set it to eye height so you don't have to look up and you don't have to look down because that will affect your posture and finally if you can set the foot height where your feet are set it to a point where you can get to the front of the machine with your shins pointing vertically comfortably okay too low you're going to go flying straight past which hyperextends and isn't good too high and there's a chance you might quite not get to that vertical position because you're going to be all bound up okay so as a general thought set the straps to cover the balls of your feet and then you can adjust from there so our four minute warm up, we're going to start, well, we're going to do it 18 strokes a minute, but we're going to start with a, a pace that is just enough of a push from your legs that you can think about the connection between your feet and your hands. Okay, right. Here we go then. In three, two, one, we're off. Now what I mean is you just push, it's almost like a body weight squat that you're doing. Enough of a push that you're putting some force into the machine, but I want you to think about pushing with your feet at the same time that your hands connect the handle to the machine okay it's a simple simple instruction but the timing difference is so subtle if you push with your feet first then you can scoot your backside out from underneath you you scoot and that will lose you some power and if you pull too early with your hands Often you just can't get that leg power in and you can cause power leak that way as well. So, if you can push with the feet, at the same time your hands pick up the handle with nice straight arms, that is how to start your stroke most efficiently. And once you've got an idea of that timing, start to look at your pace and crank it up closer to 2k plus 20 pace and if you've no idea what I'm on about with this 2k pace thing then 
row a two kilometer time trial, divide the resulting time by four. That gives you the average time to cover 500 meters. Now when you set your monitor to show the 500 meter pace time, then your 2K pace is that average. And when I say 2K plus 20, you go 20 seconds slower than your 2K average. That makes sense. Huh. One more stroke, put one foot on the ground, carry on rowing. I've got that all as a, in the description to this video in case that was a bit confusing and you want to come back and read it. But it's simple enough. 2K time is just your two kilometer time trial divided by four. Anyway. Do one more stroke here. Change feet. Remember, carry on putting in a good old push. Don't limp your way through this one. You're still using these four minutes to get nice and warm. Ready for today's session. Which as being we're at 2K plus 12 pace, we are starting quite fast. So make sure you're nice and warm for it. Okay, both legs in, straight legs. Just roll with your back and arms. So swing over your hips, then pull in your arms and then push out your arms and swing back over your hips again. Swing, pull, push, swing. Swing, pull, push, swing. And try and make sure you're swinging over your hips. You're not just bending through your lower back and things. One more stroke. Let's roll to the front of the machine with straight arms and a forward lean and just press out with your legs. Don't worry about how much force you're pressing out with here. You're not gonna get any warmer. So just work on the timing between your feet and your hands and holding that forward lean and straight arms as you push. That's what you're working on here, is that position as you push with your legs. One more. Ooh. All done. Right, keep moving up and down the rail, have a quick drink. If you're not warm enough, do you think, then once you've had a quick drink, just do some light rowing while I quickly recap one more time what it is we're doing today. All right then, so today's row is two 20 minute intervals with two minutes rest in between. And you're gonna do these 20 minute intervals at 24 strokes a minute and at 2K plus 12 pace. So the intensity is gonna be up there, but it shouldn't take you into that max point. If you do find that you're getting way too close to max and you're getting ex absolutely exhausted and it's kind of it's shifted out of that mid tier, then by all means slow down a little bit because I don't really want you to tap yourself out. But it shouldn't do, as long as you're training with an accurate 2K training pace for your uh, for what you're capable of in a 2K row, this should be manageable, I hope, okay? But it's really hard to do a splatic on a thing like this and just say, yes, for everybody in the whole wide world, this will be fine, because to be honest, it might not be. So let me know how you get on in the comments after this row. I think it's the first time ever I've done a shout out for a comment at this stage in a row, I tend to leave it all the way to the end because that's not what I'm about, man. Anyway, all right, I'm gonna have a quick, this here's me picking up my handle, quick last drink, because we've got a 20 minute interval in front of us. In front, not in front. <laughs> and then we all get ready to begin. So, 24 strokes a minute, 2K plus 12. In three, two, 
one. Let's go. Oh, I wonder whether Heisenberg is going to make it all the way to the end of this row. He's looking a bit precarious sitting underneath the monitor, isn't he? Forgotten I'd left him there. <laughs> right. Hopefully you've got into the rhythm of the stroke. I think I was a little bit too slow on the first two strokes because I was too busy noticing my little Le Lego Heisenberg. I wonder at what point he's going to fall off. But hopefully we're all in sync now. 24 for a stroke rate should be manageable for most people. It's not, it's kind of that baby bear rate where those who tend to prefer faster stroke rates are still okay at 24. And those who prefer lower stroke rates are okay. It's kind of the top end for them. Remember, stroke rate is all about the rhythm. You can get a nice flow to your stroke. It's much easier. Doesn't matter whether it's 18 or 28. If you can get a good flow between the various phases of your stroke, you'll manage it better. Remember, power and pace anyway is a combination of stroke rate and your leg drive, but they tend to go hand in hand, where in order to row at 24 strokes a minute, you do want to have a slightly faster drive phase, which comes from a more powerful push with your legs, which then gives you more power. So more power and you're at 24 strokes per minute should mean that you're rowing at a nice pace and hopefully by now at least around about 2k plus 12. It is. There he goes. Bye Heisenberg. Enjoy your trip. <laughs> it is important to do some longer intensity rows and even then 
some would say the 20 minute interval doesn't even count as longer but this plan has been mostly made up of either longer kind of 30, 40, 50, 60 minute sessions at lower intensities or shorter intervals, five, six, seven, eight minutes long at higher intensities. But the thought being that you don't really need to do too many of these middle ground ones. But like I said, for those who are doing this as the 10K plan, you should be considering doing a 10K soon. And so it's a good idea to get some like longer amount of time at higher intensity under your belt so that you don't panic when you start it. And although I say the average again is a cookie cutter scattergrown scattergrown scattergun got a catch-all I figure most people's 10k time is 10 seconds slower than their 2k time but that doesn't mean that in the 10k you start and stop at that pace you'll likely start closer to this pace for the first two kilometers maybe and then as you get through the 10k you start to increase your pace so that by the time you get to around about two kilometers to go you are kind of maybe under 2k plus 10 and you've almost clawed back the time you would have lost from starting slower and then as you get closer to the end and the sprint kicks in that's when you bring the average 
to 2k plus 10 and hopefully get under it and beat your 2k plus 10 training time to set a new 10k time but that all means that you've done the training and you're ready to put that effort in and hopefully through the course of this plan I've given you enough tools to be able to do that we've been training a lot in terms of power and being able to maintain high intensity even when it's tough if you look at things like the 40 minute push pace for example that's all about taking you to a point of real max effort but not giving in and if anything trying to squeeze more pace out of it as you see the finish line approach now we are halfway through this first interval so we're halfway to that finish line of this interval but hopefully as well as the physical side I've also given you a bunch of mental skills too to get you through it things like breaking the row down into smaller parts whether that means looking at a 10k as 10 one kilometer pieces or even 20 500 meter pieces it's up to you whatever helps you to get through it without dreading looking at the total distance and then hopefully enough of what I've been talking about from a technique point of view will sink in too because really technique is what will 
help get you over the finish line and will help you hopefully do it at a pace that you want to do it at. That's all because good technique is about putting in power to the machine efficiently and safely. And by safely, I mean that you try and row in a way that will prevent injury because you really don't want your forearms to cramp mid-row or one of your lats to twang or your lower back to get sore which are three really common either injuries or muscle soreness points that stop people from rowing to their potential. But good technique also means that because you can put the power in efficiently, you can go longer. It's like having a supercharged battery. Your good technique lets the power from that battery last longer. Think about the Energizer Bunny. Good technique. Means you can go on and on. Whereas a poor technique that's inefficient is like a nasty alkaline cheap battery that you just burn through. They may both start with three volts of power, but one of them is more efficient than the other. And the difference is technique. And that is why I constantly talk about it, both from an efficiency point of view and injury prevention. I think what I'll do is, I won't talk much about it in the next four minutes, but I will 
in the next interval because give you a chance to recover and reset but also there's a chance in the next interval that fatigue will start to set in and that's when good technique really is paramount as it can help with fatigue or at least fatigue can make your technique waver which can then tire you quicker fatigue you faster technique gets worse you get more fatigued vicious cycle so even at the tail end of a tough 10k row if you can still think about your timing your posture the real core fundamentals of technique then hopefully that will get you to the end and you never know by shifting your focus away from the intensity and more towards the mechanics of the rowing stroke you may pass a couple of minutes and get closer to the finish line which can then revitalize your mental state when you look and think oh, I've only got 500 meters to go so instead of feeling tired and sometimes sorry for yourself you can suddenly turn it around because you have that second wind that fire to get to the end that's why racing is helpful because chasing people or being chased by someone is great motivation to keep going even when you're tired it doesn't have to be a live row even row pro or erg race erg zone live all these things that let you row someone at home in real time can make a huge difference okay three two 
one. Right, got two minutes. Oh. Start where you need to, whether that's having a drink or whether it's having a little wriggle of your backside. It's your choice. Excuse me. Oh. So you can tell, I mean, I'm out of breath. Not that I'm saying, if I'm out of breath, then you must be. I'm not saying that, but the intensity's up there for this. I think my heart rate ended up around about 145 or something. It says 76% of my max which in erg zone is 175 so if you want to do the maths of where that was but i think it's around about 100 i saw it at 140 quite close to the end put it that way so i'm gonna say that's what it was but it doesn't matter if yours was finished higher really you should peg your recovery more than your actual heart rate look at that how far it comes down i mean all of my metrics are just for me they're not for you it's Apart from stroke rate, my speed, my watts, my heart rate, even my distance, it's all just for me. It's useful for you to see it maybe, but it doesn't matter. As long as you're doing well, that's all that matters. As long as you're better today than you were yesterday, it's all that matters. Okay, got 12, 11, 10 seconds to go until the next interval. Same thing again, and hopefully it'll go just as quick. Four, three, two, one, go. Because oh. the last one did fly by. But yeah, just to close up thought off. Try and use other people's speed as Maybe a goal or motivation, if you wish, but don't use it as a kind of negative reinforcement thing. It's really easy to see someone else rowing like this session at say 150 pace and then go, oh, why am I not as fast as that? You're not as fast as that because you're not as fast as that right now. But if you put in the training, you could be. There's nothing to stop you. There's a huge pace range in rowing that anybody can hit as long as they put in the training. Often that can be scuppered by not having enough time. Maybe your job gets in the way. Maybe you'd rather spend time with your family than on a rowing machine. But these are all decisions 
that you make. So my fastest 2K time was 6.37. And I know that if I put in enough training around that time, mentally and physically, I could have got into the 620s. Whether I'd have got any faster than that, I don't know. Because as a lightweight, I'd be starting to get closer to the young elite rowers. But we're still within reach to be in the 620s. It's the same for anyone who has a 10 minute 2K right now. If you put in the effort, the training, sort your technique, make sure to follow the plans. I guarantee you can get sub eight and maybe sub seven if you really are dedicated. But that level of dedication does get more and more the closer you want to get to seven minutes. But you can help yourself out, not only by doing training plans and sessions, but also really thinking about your technique and how you're putting power into the machine. Because I do get quite a lot of people getting in touch, asking why they aren't able to go faster than they are right now. And I ask these people to send me a video. And nine times out of 10, that video reveals that they're not pushing enough with their legs. That push, push the machine away from you. Proper force. You're not tickling the machine. Remember, 60%, more than half your power comes from pushing with your legs. Your back and arms are the after party, adding in power at the end once your legs have exploded 
into the machine. But I'm not overselling it. You really need to push. You're not tickling, it's not a light touch followed by a big arm pull. If anything, it's a big push, which then leads to a natural arm pull. But you still need to get the power from your legs into the machine. Because you could just push your legs, fly off the back of the machine and not get any power into it. So obviously that push from your legs has to somehow get into the handle and then into the flywheel to make it spin. And if you remember the warm-up when I was talking about timing of your push with your feet and the connection of your hands to the handle. That's the first part of it. But you also need to make sure that your body is in the right position to efficiently send that power from your feet into your hands. And that power has quite a long way to travel from your feet to your quads, pushing the power in, then through your glutes and your hips, and then through your core, up your back, into your shoulders, and then through your arms, wrists, and finally into your fingers. And your fingers are hooked over the handle so that that power connects into that reverse motion of the handle. And that's the key, is that force into the handle is what makes the flywheel turn. But it's not turning because 
you're pulling the handle. It's turning because the force flows through your body into your fingers and onto the handle. And in order to surge that power into the machine, as you push with your legs, you need to have a forward tilt of your back over your hips, tilting in towards the front of the machine to only around one o'clock, so not too far, just enough to have your weight shifted forwards and then your arms should be straight and relaxed and by relaxed I mean not tense If you come in to the front of the machine with rigid arms and muscles rippling, when you take the stroke, you'll actually be fighting against the power from your legs instead of letting it flow through your arms and plus if you want to use your muscles in your arms at the back of the stroke so Keep a forward lean, arms straight. And with that forward lean comes a good posture. So you want to be up on your sit bones. primed and ready for the next stroke. Shoulders past your hips and then as you push with your legs you hold that forward lean and straight arms as your legs power into the stroke and then run about halfway 
do the leg drive. That's when you finally swing your hips, or at least your back, over your hips from that forward lean into a backward lean. Remember, keep those arms straight. Don't, don't grab and bend the elbow or elbows as you start the drive. Keep them straight until you swing your back. And then right after that backswing, that's when you finally bend your elbows and pull in your arms to a finish. Now, how you finish is a topic of great discussion. I prefer elbows relatively straight to keep my wrists relatively straight. I'll do a light flare out of my elbows to account for body mechanics, but in terms of elbow height, I don't want them dropping low or finishing high. Whereas you'll see some people finish with the elbows perpendicular to their shoulders in an effort to try and keep their wrists flat. But for me, that puts too much power into my delts and my shoulders rather than my lats, which are much bigger and able to take the repeated force. Or you'll see people finish with a handle in their throat. And that, I really don't advocate. It's a hiding to injury if, if your body's not powerful enough to take the force. That said, a lot of the fastest people in the world row with a 
higher finish. But they are also some of the most powerful people in the world. So their bodies can take it. Anyway, so you pull in and then release the handle at the same pace you brought it in at. So in, out, in, out. Don't hold the handle. Let your body's natural bounce of your arms, the springiness. Let that kickstart your return. And then as your arms come out, they trigger your forward lean so that by the time your hands are past your knees, you are already in the perfect position for the next stroke without needing to lean once you start the slide and then you just slide until your shins are vertical and then start all over again. That was what, 15 minutes to describe one stroke. Four, three, two, one. I mean, you could argue that I should really talk technique in the first interval so you could then put it into practice for the whole thing, but not only do I hope that you've done enough of my sessions already that you've heard me talk technique anyway, but like I say, it's that second interval is when fatigue can set in and you really need to have that trigger about technique. So even if you had been through my videos before, by the time you got into that second interval, you may have started to slip. And therefore, I'm hoping it was handy that I was talking about it. Two minute cool down, connect. Send workout to PM5. Thank you, Ergzone, for making life simpler. First world problems, eh? It takes me too long to program my PM5 monitor. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, I am happy. Right, two minute cooldown. Depending on the intensity that you just did that and how you're finishing right now, gauge how you start this cooldown. Anywhere between 2K plus 20 to 2K plus 30 should be enough of an intensity to start. And then you can glide into neutral as you come to the end of your cooldown, okay? I'm gonna do it 18 strokes a minute. You do it how you wish. In three, two, one. Go. Oh, so if you have been training with me on the 10K plan, that is the end of week seven. And like I say, week eight is about prep and stoking the fire, ready for a 10K 
time trial. So session one, we'll be back to quite an intense workout. So do make sure, if you can, to have a rest day between this session and week eight, session one, if you can. But the good news is that that'll be the only tough session of the week. There's only four workouts in week eight, and the fourth one, uh, hang on, yeah, the fourth one is the 10K. So I just got lost. And then if you want, you can then go back to one of the 30 minute regenerative rows. I might actually just tag that on anyway. Let's see how I feel. Just to give you the well-rounded, make sure you have a recovery day after your 10K. Let's see how I feel. Hopefully I'll feel better than poor Heisenberg, who's still lying on the floor somewhere. So, hope you enjoyed it. Maybe next time I'll have shaved for the next session, or maybe not. We are halfway through October right now. Again, you may be watching this in February or something, in which case I've just broken the golden rule of YouTube. Never date your stuff. But yes, I'm halfway through October, so I'm thinking, if I let this grow a little bit, by the time we get to Halloween, my costume op options are out there. I mean, I could just, I could, my hair's getting long as well. I get bushy, I could go for the Wolverine thing, get a costume, and come on and row as Wolverine, do a Halloween, October 31st row, dress as Wolverine. I could do that. Let me know. Leave a, in fact, let's have hashtag Wolverine. I'd like to use a hashtag, if, you've, if you didn't know this, towards the end of my rows, just to kind of prove that you got this far. So I'll do ha hashtag Wolverine. You could even do hashtag Wolverine yes, or hashtag Wolverine no. And that way, you can let me know whether I should do an October 31st row dressed as Wolverine. Don't quite know how I'd row the session. Maybe I'd have to just do the intro dressed as Wolverine because that could be tough. But I could do the, you see, I could do the facial hair and the, the funny sticky uppy hair, like the Hugh Jackman version. I could do that. I'm kind of getting close to that already as it is. So, um, yeah, so I could do that. Never know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to my brain. Um, anyway, so um, it's actually quite, because Hugh Jackman actually posted something today about a 24-hour row that he's doing in support of, I think it's Australian lifeguards. Um, I can't quite remember if that's what you said, but I think it was. So make sure and check out his Instagram page and be as supportive as you can. And don't do what I did and comment on his technique. I kind of felt a little bit cheap after that. <laughs> but you never know, you, you might get in touch. Um, I, I, I messaged um, uh, David Lee Roth um, on Facebook um, saying, oh, I'm coming to Vegas to see you in January. And I, I got like a smiley face and a, like a, hey, a happy. So I'm assuming it's one of his minions. It's not actually David Lee Roth that replied. But if I could have David, David Lee Roth replies and Hugh Jackman replies in the same week, oh, the little 13-year-old fanboy in me would be over the moon. Anyway, right, enough of my nonsense. I hope you enjoyed that one. It was definitely an intense session. I was... Um, 
the whole speaking and rowing thing was starting to get on top of me. I was kind of looking at the clock going, oh, well, I've still got six minutes to go. Uh, but we made it to the end and it was exactly where it was meant to be, even with that kind of breathing issue where I was having to push to get to the end. But there wasn't really a point where I didn't think I'd make it. At one point I thought I'd have to stop talking for a while, but I didn't think I wasn't going to make it to the end of the row. So hopefully it was the same for you. So like I say, uh, if you're doing the 10K plan, this was the end of week seven. So you've got week eight session one which is five times eight minutes as i promised um and it's the four four um section i think i think that's the one that i promised that'll be whatever that one was that i promised um yeah and uh if you aren't doing the 10k plan then i hope you enjoyed this one anyway it's a good tough sloggy row and maybe you want to check out the 10k plan because i think it's worth doing um anyway so thank you so much for spending time with me and listening to these little ranty ends hopefully you um did some stretching and packed up and stuff uh while i talked all this stuff because otherwise you're probably sitting there on your machine in the gym going is he ever going to stop Will he ever stop talking? But he will, because he has to go and have some food now, because it's um, it's dinner. It's a Thursday night. No, it's not. It's a Wednesday night. <laughs> um, so, uh, and I have a nice pulled pork curry, if in case you're keeping track of what I have in my dinners. We had lovely um, pulled pork burgers last night, which is, oh, it was lovely. Pulled pork and burgers with a little side of pasta and salad. Oh, it's lovely. Um, and we've got quite a lot left over, so um, pulled pork. And we have, ha, ha, ha. We have hidden veg in the curry as well. So we're putting some cauliflower and some sweet potato in there as well. All kind of mashed up so the kids wouldn't notice. Shh, don't tell them. They never watch these videos anyway, so it's fine. Um, unless, of course, like it's 20 years later, they're watching one of these and they're like, oh, you used to do that. But it's a good idea. Or if you have frozen um, veg, okay, if you've actually got frozen sweet potato and things, like cooked first, but frozen, um, stick them in like a Nutribullet or a blender or whatever and blitz them so they turn into powder. Um, and then put them into things like curries and whatever because then you, there's no way at all you can tell it's in there because it's you've done it as a powder version so it's a great way to fool your kids <laughs> and make them eat some veg because that's what parenting is it's ways to fool your kids into doing things that they don't want to do thank you so much for being here and, <laughs> and, and listening to my drivel I will see you in the next video please look after yourselves stay safe, be well bye bye